The Y Curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. What is the metaverse? Come on, you know, it's that thing we're all going to spend our lives in in the future. The virtual thingy where we, we all wear headsets and buy property and spend money and it, it's all virtual. No, 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 no idea. You know, Mark Zuckerberg told us Facebook was rebranding as Meta back in 2021 and his billions were all going into it. There's a digital economy, virtual currency. Goldman Sachs says it's an $8 trillion opportunity. Yeah, sorry, still no clue. Oh, okay, but that's what you'd have said to me about the internet and cyberspace if I'd asked you back in the 1980s and look how that's dominated our lives. Yeah, but then you'd all be saying we'd all be flying cars by now and be travelling to other planets and have all the work done by robots. And look, that hasn't happened. Well, maybe we will do all that, but virtually in the metaverse. Sounds awful, but let's find out. That's our subject for today. The metaverse on the Y Curve. Brought to you by Wigmore Associates. The Y Curve. Well, you know, despite that introduction, I yep. do sort of, sort of get what the metaverse do is you? about. Well, it's, it isn't, it, isn't it this uh, sort of hybrid between reality and artificial reality? I'm thinking <sighs> of, for example, you know, you've got a surgeon who's wearing some sort of, uh, some sort of glasses that's giving them advice on how to perform open heart well, surgery kind of, when they may not be particularly good at it. But, but that's you know, just virtual but, reality as in, as in conjuring up something in front of you. I mean, I, I think it's more than that. I think, I mean, if it's just a way of seeing, things i don't really see that's a particular advance right okay well the cynical side of me then says is it facebook just coming out with something that uh, is really just the next stage of the internet they're calling the metaverse because they're trying to hide the fact that they've done everything they can with facebook i think there's an element of that i mean Mm. i'd be you know surprised if that wasn't the case but i think you know we're moving into a different stage of interaction with with the the with with the internet i suppose that's really what it comes to do you remember second life i think that was like that was like 15 or 20 years ago yeah and it was all the thing we were all going to be there we're going to leave our lives here and just wander around making friends and having sex of, on the internet yeah you know that was all going to come and it stuff doesn't go on does it so that, that just all fizzled out there didn't it yes yes much like sex on the internet <laughs> sex generally. Issue, yes. um, but, but no, I, I, I was wondering whether that was a good choice of words <laughs> but thank you for bringing everyone's attention to that so uh, there are no but we're, we're we're plum. so we fit it's like is it anything new in reality well, it, i think the ideas are new the question also is you know to what extent we Will it... Will people adopt it? To what extent will it actually work? And all this, you know, the talk about Goldman Sachs saying, oh, you know, $8 trillion. And there are various finance houses that have set up, in theory, in in the in the metaverse, whatever that really means. Mm. Uh, and there are property agencies, and there's all kinds of stuff. People are making money from it already. But, again, it ties into perhaps AI and the crypto and all sorts of other things that somehow are going to be transformative. But are they? Well, crypto I don't get either. But, look, if you are, we'll talk about this in just a second, but if you're wondering how to make the most out of your money, real money, not artificial money, not necessarily proper stuff. money, proper stuff. How do you protect the real wealth that you have on planet Earth rather than seeing it being frittered away in tax or unwise investments, those things that exist in the real world? Then it's worth uh, giving Wigmore Associates a call. They're a boutique wealth management company. They're based in London, close to Bond Street Tube, uh, where the people who run the company will work directly with you to uh, develop the solution that meets your objectives, whether you're just looking for a more tax-efficient outcome, you've got some spare cash to invest, or you're planning for your retirement, or you're sorting out your inheritance arrangements, uh, give them a call to see how they can help with all of that. Uh, tell them that we sent them, that yes. we, you know, that we Phil and Roger, they know us, uh, and uh, you can visit them at Wigmore 
www.wigmore-associates.co.uk or you can give them a call on 0207 224 Wigmore Associates are sponsors of this podcast. And maybe they mm. will be in the metaverse before too long because yes. a lot of finance houses are arriving there and we're going to find out. We're going to answer the question. Well, we're not. What we're going is to it? talk to someone who does know about that. Yep. And that's Steve Benford. He's Dunford Professor of Computer Science at the University of Nottingham. He founded or co-founded the Mixed Reality Laboratory there and he joins us now. Okay, so Steve, let's start with a very a very straightforward question and a very easy one. What what exactly is the metaverse? Because we're not quite sure. We, we have no idea. Um, yeah, if only it was that simple a question, really. Um, it's... Uh, it's a lot of connected virtual worlds that you could go and explore with other people. That's one way to see it. But some people kind of think it's the whole way that you're going to experience the internet in the future. So at the moment, whereas we look at it through a series of kind of 2D web browsers and social media, in the future, all of that stuff would be kind of more 3D like a virtual world. So, so just defining virtual, virtual is where you, you are in a situation that is created inside whatever mechanism you're using, and it mimics the real world in every way imaginable. But we're like a computer game. I mean, there's nothing new to that, is there? Absolutely. There's not. Uh, computer games have been playing with these ideas very successfully for a long time. Yes, I think virtually what you're trying to do is give someone an illusion, the illusion that they are in another place. And I think that's what virtual really means, is the illusion of being somewhere else. And at the moment, we can, I mean, I've, I've put on virtual reality headsets and various strange places and Normally you, on know, your head. you move around and the what you see moves around with you. But presumably it can go beyond that to the point where what you see and smell and hear and taste and touch, those all become part of it as well. Well, yes and no. So in principle, yes, you would want it to be kind of multi-sensory. Um, and some people think the more senses you stimulate the more immersive it will become, the more that illusion will work. The problem is it's actually really very hard to stimulate those other senses. You know, visual is doable, more or less, through headsets. Audio, as we're talking now, is really pretty doable. But once you get into the realms of touch, tactile sensations, it's it's really hard to stimulate the whole the whole body in an effective way. So... Yeah, it's technically difficult. Maybe another strategy is to think about what elements of the illusion really make people believe they're somewhere else and focus on those. But what are those elements then? What, what are the things that, that, that are developing in that way? Because it has been around a while. So what are the new things that are improving that? Yeah, so I mean, we're off on, at the moment, talking much more about virtual reality probably than the metaverse, which we could come back to. But VR is one part of it, I guess. So worth worth sticking on for a bit. Um, so there's a kind of uh, uh, a field of research where scientists, if I was doing air quotes, have been looking at what makes people feel present in virtual worlds but for many, many years. So presence is essentially the feeling of being there. That's how you define it. And there are lots of things that make people feel present. Some of it is the technology, putting on a headset. But some of it is things like seeing your own virtual body. If you look down and see your own feet, you feel much more present. Some of it's about avoiding breaks. So people can feel present even with a very thin world until there's a break, until there's some discrepancy or there's a noise outside and they're suddenly reminded that they're not in that at all. So there's lots and lots of factors that, that contribute to this illusion. 
So I asked, uh, by the way, looking down and seeing your feet, there's no guarantee that, that me or Roger can look down and necessarily see that. But uh, I uh, I looked on uh, ChatGBT because, you know, it's the latest and greatest. You've got to keep up on these things. And I asked it the question, what is the metaverse? It said the metaverse is the ultimate escape from reality. You can do anything you want, uh, be anything you want, uh, go anywhere you want. You can fly like Superman, fight like Batman or dance like Beyonce. Well, I can do that anyway. Uh, you can explore exotic planets, ancient civilizations, or futuristic cities. You can meet your friends, make new ones, or fall in love. You can even create your own worlds and share them with others. The only limit is your imagination. I mean, that I mean that is just VR, isn't it? And that sounds like Second Life 20 years ago. And whatever happened to that? Well, uh, let, let's come to Second Life in a minute. So the first thing I'd say is, and there's people saying that GPT, GPT chat is intelligent, and yet it comes out with a bunch of rubbish like that. I think it just shows how, yeah, frankly, <laughs> how unintelligent it is, doesn't it? That that's really appalling. So what were some of the statements? You can be anything you want. That's a very interesting statement. You know, we should think about the portrayal of people and avatars and whether that's one of the distinctive features of the metaverse is you, you are represented by this avatar. And, you know, can you be anything that you would want? We live in a world where people are very, very concerned about body image, uh, appropriating other people's ethnicities, uh, body shaming, all sorts of things go on. It's not at all clear to me that that you can or should be uh, appear to be anything that you want in the, in the metaverse. And then there's the whole question of truthfulness, although I, I don't suppose I'd expect chat GPT to be too bothered about that. But, um, you know, is it is it is it appropriate to, to not lie? So that's that's I think the first thing I'll take issue with. Um, the other thing it, in the middle of that, it mumbled something about was it potential being unlimited? What did it say again? There's something quite interesting. Uh, the, the, well, the only limit is your imagination, it says, basically. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> the only limit is your imagination, as in there are no technical limitations, for example, whatsoever. But there clearly are. I mean, I outlined a whole bunch of limitations earlier about our ability to stimulate the body. We then haven't got onto things like network delays and latencies and all those things that always get in the way of these experiences. So, Well, so I suppose they might say, well, those are, those are teething issues. You know, things can be imperfect, but, but it, it, assuming a patient of advance in technology, those things can be overcome. But what bothers me in this, Steve, you were talking earlier about how you're mimicking reality. You are convincing people that they are in a different uh, reality. But the problem yeah. that is, when you talk about your own imagination, isn't the whole point of reality that you don't have control over things? Things happen that you are not imagining, that, that other people are imagining, or that are caused by the weather, or whatever it is. So your lack of control is part of reality. That surely has to be mimicked as well. And, and, and if that is the case, what is the point? Why not just live in reality? Um, so, really good questions. Uh, I think, you know, being... Being in a fictional reality is something that we all enjoy, reading books, watching films, you know, over millennia, telling stories, that that's a very fundamental part of being human. Um, giving up control to someone else is something you often do in that situation. So usually you give up control to the author, the director, the storyteller. But in interactive media, of course, that becomes a more subtle thing because you're partly in control. You make choices, you go to places, and you're partly not. So I guess VR plays with that because one, it's interactive, B, 
But in the metaverse, of course, there are other people present. It's a shared experience. And that's where you give up a lot of control because they are unpredictable, of course, and they will do what, what they want. So is that the difference then? Because you say, you know, we've been focusing on talking about virtual reality, but the metaverse is more than that. So is it is it virtual reality plus other people or, or, or is there, again, more to the metaverse than that? So it's certainly, you're absolutely right, it is a fundamental difference. So yeah, the metaverse is likely to have virtual worlds. It may have virtual reality in the sense of headsets, but it may well not because not everyone's going to appreciate those. It will have other people. It is, it's going to be shared. That I think is, is quite core to the, the definition. Um, another thing about a metaverse is it's likely to be persistent as in, firstly, it's there. You can always go there and, and visit it. It's like a place, but also if you change it, it stays changed. So that's another feature of the metaverse as being a sort of place that's that's very common in people's vision. You can go in there, build stuff, make changes. You talked about Second Life earlier on, made that reference, and you're absolutely right. We have been here at least once before with the whole kind of Second Life and and kind of related kind of crazes for that. We, we've been around this metaverse cycle. Yeah, we, we should just say for those who don't know, Second Life was was a the was a virtual world in which you could, in theory, have social interactions and all kinds of things. It was fairly primitive, but it was at one point uh, the idea that this would be the new way of interacting with the internet. And you were interacting with other people in Second Life as well, weren't you? I mean, real real people yeah. you could meet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Second Life was absolutely an attempt to create the metaverse, and it was inspired by the science fiction literature where the metaverse was first defined. Um, it came completely out of that, and, and Second Life is your first glimpse we had of, of the metaverse. And we're now in, well, at least on round two, if not round three, of, of people trying to, to still realise that vision. So why does this? why is this a natural progression for facebook then apart from the fact obviously facebook is a is is a social thing so are they basically saying well we think beyond just exchanging you know cat photos and uh, you know pictures of uh, what you had for dinner uh, with your friends uh, we think you know now you you're ready to step up and, and go and meet your friends in a in a virtual reality is that is that the, how they see the natural progression happening because they're obviously you know, this is a, a, a supposedly a big step for them. Their vision, by the way, their mission is giving people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. I mean, you, some might argue it does the exact opposite of, of that. But anyway, that's what that's what they're about. So is that a natural progression from Facebook? Well, I mean, you'd have to ask Facebook why they chose to, to, to jump on this particular bandwagon and indeed whether they're going to, to stick with it or, or, or not. But, but I, I think you can make an argument that there is, you can imagine why that would be an interesting proposition for social media. So in social media, we do interact with other people. It is social. We don't have a very direct experience of those people. They're not kind of like embodied in our world uh, quite as much. We can do that through video conferencing. We're all used to using things like Zoom. But that doesn't scale very well. You can kind of talk to a few people in Zoom, but you don't get that sense of being in a, in a crowd while talking to other people. It's hard, for example, to walk down a, a get that buzz of walking down a busy uh, city centre street or being at a festival in an audience or something like that. So I can see why 
people who are developing social media would be attracted to the idea that maybe it could all be some sort of shared virtual world. But but isn't the point also that, that one of the functions of social media, particularly something like Twitter, I guess, but others as well, you end up in an echo chamber where you are talking to people who perhaps feel the same as you are, like you, whatever it is. But the worlds, I mean, I noticed you said metaverses, several metaverse, several worlds, because in the end, if you go into this, you're in one particular environment. You don't yeah. interact with people on a different environment. It's a very yeah. isolating thing. But that's happening now, isn't it? I mean, my, my kids, you know, the one in particular uh, spends most of We We have to remind him to eat and, you know, look after those basic bod- bodily functions that we, without us intervening, he'd probably quite happily be lost in these worlds that he creates. I mean, he has a server where his mates yeah. play these games as well. He's already creating those worlds. So he's in the, me- that is the metaverse, isn't it? Um, okay, a couple of things there. Firstly, the echo chamber thing. I'm I'm not so convinced that the internet and social media is creating echo chambers. I think it's making us more aware of the fact we're already in them. I think before they came along, we all happily lived in our own echo chambers. We didn't be and see so much information from people from very diverse backgrounds. And now, guess what? We're exposed to a whole bunch of other people and other opinions that we didn't know about, and we're shocked by the idea that we all live in echo chambers. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for digital media, and I, 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 I don't buy the arguments. Um, but the, so, the second question was uh, was more about, kind of, I think, about games, was it? And, and the kind of yeah. game handle, yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out why it is different from where we are yeah. now. What, what's, what's already happening? So look, that's another way of approaching the metaverse. That The first one we talked about was coming at it from social media. Why would you want to make that journey? The other is coming at it from games. So the games folks, as, as we said earlier, you know, have been spending decades now creating fantastic interactive virtual worlds that some people enjoy spending a lot of time in. And so the obvious route for them is to connect those up to become massively multiplayer. And there are, you know, hugely popular games, kind of Fortnite and and hugely popular platforms for doing this. And it seems that those companies may well be the ones who perhaps create the most successful metaverses in the near future because they've already got the content and they've got these, these kind of virtual environments and if they can bring people together at scale, then perhaps they can create that kind of illusion. But but then that comes down to the why question. You say, okay, because, you know, young young adolescents certainly yeah. like to play games. I mean, actually, older people like to play games. I do occasionally on these things as well. But it has to be more than play to, to, yeah, to be it, transformative, does it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, does it? Because when we were told this is the next big thing. So, But is it just another form of entertainment? Personally, um, just personal opinion, I think it will be deeply grounded in forms of entertainment and culture. Um, So I think what will drive it is being together to experience cultural content, for want of a better word. And that might be games, it might be visiting, it might be various forms of art. Um, I think that's hugely important. Uh, I think it's hugely important because art and culture are a vital part of being human. They're critical to the economy. So I wouldn't just dismiss them. If that's what the metaverse primarily turns out to be, that's not a problem. The question is, is it also useful for other things? You know, will it become the place where we work and have the virtual office? Will it become the virtual school? And I think there are lots of people who think and hope it might. I'm not so sure myself. I I think early on, it's very likely to be firmly grounded in culture and entertainment. Mm. 
and and business. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I celebrate that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that. Because right. we've got to have our feet firmly in reality at some point, haven't we? Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> money, I mean, this is where the money question in a way comes in. I mean, a lot of talk, there was back in the days of the Second Life thing of, of currencies and and transactions mm. and and certainly some big finance houses have opened in theory almost like banks in the metaverse in some form and are even buying you know property you hear that kind of thing and, and and exchanges so that is drives the serious side of it in a way if there is a serious side um yes so certainly just because things are culture and entertainment doesn't mean there isn't money involved of course doesn't mean there aren't business models and and you know quite a lot of Quite a lot of games involve subscriptions or buying properties um, or acquiring items. Yeah, yeah. They, I think, you know, definitely companies will look to, to monetize it in all sorts of ways, for sure. So it seems, it seems like there's two, two, two sides to this. One is there's, you know, this completely artificial world that's created, which real people are put into, and whether they're represented as themselves or they have a, an avatar uh, so that they look, uh, you know, they might look better than they do yep, in, 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 in some cases. cases. Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine that, Roger. So the, there's that opportunity. But also, I mean, there's sort of like, you know, if I wanted to see my mum, for example, and um, you know, could could I recreate that space, and we could we both, in effect, be sitting in our living room and actually believe that we are both there, or you know, at least convincing ourselves enough to to enjoy that experience? Yeah. So, is is there um is there something to be gained that's worth it by having a hangout space where you feel you are you've stepped into a different place together where it can be more crowded than say a Zoom meeting where once you get up to a few tens of people, you really lose track of who's here you can't just walk across the room i think probably so um you know i, I don't, don't know what your mum's into but yeah certainly I, I enjoy being in crowded spaces when i hang out with my friends sometimes um you know in our own lab part of the work we've been doing is looking at festivals i mentioned them before which i think are really interesting where you kind of you know you, in some ways you go for entertainment to listen to music but actually what you really do is go to camp for a bit be somewhere else, be somewhere that's a little bit hedonistic, another world, and hang out with lots of people. And it's a very distinctive and unusual feeling. So we've certainly been thinking about, could you create that that sort of feeling uh, online and would these technologies help you do it? And is, and is the this environment, uh, how is that created? You know, the, if events happen within that environment, so you're all watching something or you're all in a particular place, I mean, is this where we start to see artificial intelligence being placed on top of this so that there's those, you know, those unforeseen events that make life a bit more interesting? Yeah, this lack of control thing I was mentioning. That is the way life is. And is this where the metaverse starts to blend with with artificial intelligence? Yes, really good point. I mean, some of, I guess, maybe two of the the potential uses of of AI in the metaverse would be uh, to generate lots of as you say scenery and worlds and so on we, we already know that um you you appear to be able to train ai to generate images of all sorts so if, if you need to populate a world with imagery that kind of looks great um with with, with the models that's fantastic and i guess yeah the other- this is the, the week where we saw boris johnson being arrested by uh yeah something that was created and- by artificial intelligence <laughs> donald trump being arrested in melania and, looking and pa- on and pope wearing an amazing coat as he, well he was wearing a bomber jacket mm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so is all that stuff's going on 
Yes, yeah, so there's a whole, um, obviously a whole lot of questions that that kind of playing around raises as well. But yeah. it's clearly one use of AI is, to, if you like, generate the scenery. Um, the other kind of interesting role of AI is to generate quotes of the people. So um, whether these avatars you meet, how many of those are what in gaming would be called non-player characters, um, you know, which games are already full of non-player characters, but whether those come into social situations and what they're roles are is an interesting question, I guess. And Steve, one of the things that occurs to me in all this, and, and, and it comes into the area we were talking about control earlier, but it also falls into the current debate about AI, is the extent to which it is potentially dangerous. If we are in these worlds, very realistic, created worlds, which someone else, perhaps uh, Facebook, Meta, whatever they're calling themselves, has ownership of. And it's created by artificial and intelligence. And it's by... Then, then yeah. we get into that letter. How that, you far know, are we able to escape from this if we want to because it, it, it can be very manipulative and very controlling and we've had Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak and a whole bunch of other academics uh, campaigning to have AI research halted because they, uh, they, they're worried about where it's going to lead to well I'll keep, I'll keep my answer on the, the metaverse side I think um, if that's okay and I think um, yeah, sure. you know, of course there are there are dangers and challenges as well as opportunities in all of these technologies because they allow people to be people and um, people want to do all sorts of things. And I think the question you have to start to, or the questions you have to look at is what's different about the technology and where will it, where will it then, where will these cracks open up in human behavior that we'll have to look at very closely? Um, there are probably lots of ways that happens in the metaverse, but I think the most obvious one is probably avatars. I think, you know, the most distinctive feature of the metaverse is that you are represented by this virtual body. And as I said earlier, there's a huge number of choices around how do you represent yourself what choices are you making? What does that say about you and other people? You know, I, I, those are where I would expect quite a lot of tensions to be uh, about, the, about the question of representation because it's such a hot societal and cultural topic for us at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's something we are quite rightly really bothered about. So and I think big there are, companies there are, can manipulate that too. I mean, it's not just us making choices, it's them making choices. Yes, absolutely. To, to what extent we will be... Uh, able to look like anything we want, as our friend ChatGPT had it earlier, um, or not, or to what extent we'll be under any technical or corporate constraints, I, I don't know. Um, There's a million and one questions, like ethical questions around all of that. I mean, the first one is obviously, how healthy is it? And then and then secondly, you know, how healthy is it to to, to be in an artificial world for long periods of time, but then also to, to use it to be who you're not, and then the commercialization of that. Like, if you want to yeah. If you want to look buff, you're going to have to pay an extra 50 quid, for example. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, there's all sorts of uh, philosophical questions around all of this. There are, and they're not easy ones. And I'm, you know, what I'm saying here, I'm not claiming that it is healthy now to be dismissed. There are real questions about people who might be uh, become addicted. There are real questions about people who might spend undue amounts of time in these worlds and what effect we have on them. On the other hand, I would notice that... Um, Questions about screen time have been with us since the television was invented, or po probably cinema. Um, there is always a, a debate about are people, often young people, by older people, watching too much screen stuff? Uh, you know, and I, I think it's worth kind of putting it in that context. And you so rarely hear it said about books, 
I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear the conversation with someone who says, oh, I spent weeks on holiday immersed in the virtual fictional world of a book. And then somebody absolutely takes them to task for it. So yeah. I, don't, I don't deny the issues, but I think you have to be very careful about what it is you're, you're worried about and how you're applying that thinking. Yeah, and, and, and who might be in the background of it potentially yeah. manipulating. Yeah, who's asking the question of why, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I mean, the other thing in all this, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the theoretical possibilities and questions around it, but Steve, how much do you actually think any of this is going to happen? I mean, we've, we've heard it's going to come, but do you really think in five, ten years' time, this is what we will be experiencing. What do you think is going to happen? Well, well it is happening already, though, isn't well, it? Well, no, but but not to the extent that we're actually out there and, and really, you know, the, the, the metaverse is exploding. I don't think it is right now. No, I don't feel it is. But I'm still trying to figure out how different it is from what my kids are doing yeah. online now in their, in well, their well, virtual What do you world. think, Steve? Do you think that, you know, where do you see it going? Well, I, I, I don't have the wisdom of chat GPT to be able to answer you. I'm not all, all seeing. Um, if I was, I probably wouldn't be sitting in this, this chair now. Um... And I, I don't have the, the business now, so otherwise of Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and folks, but I'll, I'll have a stab at it anyway. Um, I, I think it's an incremental thing. So I think, you know, there's another vision that says kind of, in some sense, the metaverse is here. You know, I said before, you can immerse yourself in a book or a piece of text and you can have that illusion of being in a world. So we can, you know, all the things we read on this globally connected internet maybe are already a metaverse and what you'll see over time is some bits of that will become more 3d more virtual graphics because the gaming stuff will take off and spread maybe there'll be some more kind of social spaces but i think it'll happen bit by bit and it will happen in waves as well you know we've we've seen that we talked about second life before there'll be another wave bits of it will stick uh, the hype will will break like a wave, cycle around in another 10 years or so. And, and over time, the bits that work will, will stick. But, you know, I don't think they'll personally, my prediction is there won't be some massive revolutionary moment where we all switch off our current browsers and become the, met- the metaverse as some people see it. It's incremental. Boring, and this, and this I... Well, no, but, but, but real. Um, and, you know, it's nice to have some stuff that's real when we're Absolutely. talking about this space. But what about that, that mix that mix between uh, reality and artificial reality? So you see, you know, these futuristic images, or maybe it's not so futuristic now, where perhaps a, a, a surgeon is wearing glasses and is, is getting help through surgery uh, by, I don't know, records related to the patient or past experience, and the, and computers yeah. are helping them in real and, time. And a virtual reality creation of what they're seeing as well, which yeah. does exist. So that's sort of hybrid between virtual reality and the, and the real world, which could be used in work settings. Is that part of the metaverse as well, or is that something completely um, different? Some people think it is, and it, it does it does lead it in another direction. So, so some people think that, that you know the met the, the virtual world of the metaverse will be connected back to reality. You know, you'll be able to do something in the metaverse, and it will affect a real place. You'll be able to control things through what's called the you know the Internet of, of Things, for example. Um, and this brings us into the territory that we call mixed reality rather than virtual reality which is the idea that the physical and virtual are sort of overlaid and connected in much more subtle ways and you sort of you step back and forward between them um so what would that look like in in practical terms um yeah really good question as to whether we you know whether i can what is it that i might control uh, remotely 
from the metaverse? Would I fly drones so I can look around real places, for example? I suppose that might be an example I could I could think of doing. Um, I suppose I'll, I can give you one from, um, yeah, quite a long time ago that um, where I'm sitting now talking to you is uh, with a group of artists uh, in their studio called Blast Theory. And we've worked with them for many years. We have an exciting new project uh, going on at the moment. But around about ooh, 20 years ago, 2001, they, they made a game and it was a game called Can You See Me Now? And it you have to get your head around this game, but you, you logged into a virtual world with other people. So like, like a metaverse, essentially, and it looked a bit like a city. And in this city, you were chased by other people. It was just a game of tag. You had to run away and they would try and catch you. So simple game. But it turned out the other people were on the grounds of the, real, the streets of the real city, tracked to a GPS. And so they had to actually run through the actual city streets in order to chase you through the virtual. And you could hear them. They were streamed as they went. So you could hear them dodging the traffic. You could hear them out of breath. You could hear all the noises in the background. And that would turn out to be a really fantastic experience because suddenly in your head, you were now completely tuned into this experience of this person who was chasing you through this actual real Yeah, place. creating the reality you were talking about, yeah, convincing it people. It really convinced you because suddenly you thought, oh my God, I, you know, I... I I, I run across this blank piece of virtual world, but actually I can hear they're having to go up a hill somewhere and they're, they're gasping, panting for breath. Yeah, so, so that's, that's an example of mixing the real and virtual in a way that kind of really created this sense of connection to another place. Yeah. All right. All makes sense. I'm not, I mean, it's, I feel a bit of a Luddite because I'm not a gamer, but, and I, you know, so it becomes, it becomes a bit of a mystery to me, but you, you sensibly dodged the question about, you know, this letter about artificial intelligence, <laughs> Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak. And I don't blame you because that's a, a separate discussion in itself, but there are a lot of uh, questions about, uh, you know, how society manages this. I mean, even if it was just gaming as it, as it currently stands, I mean, that's still a lot of, you know, questions about uh, what that means for 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 young people but if you step that up a notch then there's a million and one questions particularly when people are taking on other identities and who 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 manages that i mean we can't leave that in the hands of the commercial developers to do that can we and yet we also can't expect legislators because governments are hopeless at this sort of thing so we're left in a in you know that eternal problem we're faced with with technology who really does manage this in a way that's for the for the betterment of society yeah there's no one silver bullet here we are all what you would call stakeholders in this process. And, you know, all, all stakeholders need to have a voice and an influence. So government and regulation does matter, which is why you see the UK government making pronouncements yesterday. Obviously, the, the tech corporations matter. They need to behave responsibly. They need to go through a process of what's called responsible innovation, thinking about the future and designing. But, you know, there are roles for, for all of us. So, you know, we, we all have to play our part in, in trying to create kind of the content and reflecting. And I think there's a massive role for artists, which is, you know, I come back to people like Blast Theory work, we work with. Um, I think they have a particular role in foregrounding a number of these issues you know, artists have always challenged the norms of society and raised issues that, that get us to think. And that's another reason why I think that entertainment probably should drive things like the metaverse so much, because it gives us, a, to some extent, a playground where we can get some of the deeper issues out 
and engage people with them in a, in a, a safer space. So I, I, um, I just on that, I, I, I watched uh, a documentary about the making of The Last of Us, uh, which computer gamers know, and it's become a you know a, a brilliant TV series as well. But just the technology that's been used in creating that mix of live sequences and uh, you know graphically enhanced imagery as well just shows just where all of this well, can go. Doesn't there's it? a lot of money in that because obviously that is what drives it. People so, make money out of the entertainment factor. So Big final question then, given all of that, because, I mean, I can see the excitement in all of this. Is this going to be the biggest industry in, in the world? Yeah, in is, is it all it's cracked up to be, I think, <laughs> is what we're saying. Uh, are, we, are we back to the metaverse? Or, um, yeah, we, yeah, are, we are. We are. Don't worry. Um, uh, no, it's not going to be the biggest industry in the world, I don't think. Um, I don't think it's going to be the biggest show in the digital tech world. I think it's, as I said before, it's an incremental process it's been going on for a long time i mean you know the, the one reference i haven't got into the conversation yet is you should go and read a book called snow crash by the author neil stevens and a dystopian sci-fi novel from 1982 oh, is it 82 i think i hope i got that right i we may be taken to task if i'm a decade out i think there was a i think there was a two in it anyway somewhere um so um because that's the book that defines the term the metaverse and Stevenson sets out this vision of it. So it, it comes up in science fiction then. And as I said before, people have been trying to and introduce elements of this into kind of popular experience. I think it'll work incrementally, but I'm not a big bang person on the metaverse. That's well, not what I think is going to happen. And once again, as you said, art leading the way, in this case, literature, uh, which is an interesting of course. thing and a long time before. Absolutely. Steve, thank you very much indeed. That was great. Uh, I think we're more aware of what the metaverse is, even <laughs> if we're not entirely convinced. But uh, but very good to hear that. And uh, thanks so much for being with us. Pleasure, yeah, Steve. Great to speak to you. Well, I can go back even further than that. So 1909, Ian oh, Forster yes. wrote a book called The Machine Stops. Right. And it was all about how we were so reliant on machinery. I mean, it wasn't mm. about artificial reality but no, we're no. so reliant on computers. And then what happens when we are sort of thrown back into reality uh, because the machine's not doing anything? We're all A sort horrid of like, drop. Yeah. And we all discover, yes, well, well that, that is part of it, maybe. And when the, when the machine, when the electricity's turned off, what do you do if you've been living in virtual reality? Yeah, exactly. You have to cope with reality. Well, let's talk about a bit of reality, which is coming up in our next discussion, rather. Uh, people just listening listen for your segues. I know, the they're terrific, aren't they? Right, yes, we're going to be talking Northern Ireland, because it is coming up for the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Accord, the Belfast Agreement, and mm. uh, very possibly President Biden will be visiting, and of course, after the Windsor Framework, and all that and Rishi Sunak's push we are in a slightly different place but there has and it's been it's got to work hasn't well, it we've, we've, got to, we've got to impress Mr Biden if we want to have this US trade deal yeah and so. MI5 says that the level of the threat level terrorism has gone up so mm. where are we with Northern Ireland is it is it solved is, is the assembly coming back is devolved government coming back we're going to be talking about all that well the answer to all of those is probably no but, uh, <laughs> well, but we'll, we'll investigate the possibility yes, Easter is a very significant time yes. in Irish history generally and we're going to use that occasion to talk about the future of Northern Ireland. Looking at that next week on The Y Curve, brought to you by Wigmore Associates. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Y Curve.